Hello and welcome to the Sovereign Collective Podcast, where we bring you real raw truth for your self-empowerment. I'm your host, Sasha Calavota, and I believe that you can stand on your own two feet, but that you don't have to do it alone. I love learning from people who continually strive to raise the bar, to go against mainstream thinking, and who dare to question the general consensus. People are risking ridiculed or even risk the loss of their professional status as they bravely question the common narratives and challenge the rest of us to expand our minds and to reconsider what we think we already know. Join me in learning how to take control of your health and your mind so that you can have the energy to think more clearly and the confidence to step up and take responsibility for all aspects of your life. We promise to never censor here because I believe you are strong enough to hear the real raw truth to make up your own mind. If you like what you find here at the Sovereign Collective Podcast, then please share with your friends and family. I so appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And now on to the show. Hi, y'all. This is Sasha here for two quick announcements before we get on to our interview for today. First of all, if you are looking for quality supplements, quality tonic herbs, some specialty food items, and you're in and around Calgary, then please go check out Lotus Herbal Health, a great family-run store that has two locations in Calgary. You can find them at lotusherbalhealth.ca to find out where their locations are, or you can shop online and they will pretty much deliver anywhere. So quality supplements, tonic herbs, great staff, check out lotusherbalhealth.ca. Secondly, I want to announce the relaunch of my program called Your Conscious Pregnancy and Parenting Guide, which consists of experts in their fields around the world on consciousness and parenting and education and nutrition and dentistry and homeopathy and more. This is a program I created after my son was born about 10 years ago, a little bit more than that. And I am now very concerned after the events of 2020 for our future generations. And I believe the time is now for conscious parenting and for conscious parents to rise up and take, to take back our pregnancies and our births and our parenting and the resilience of our children and of future generations. The time is now. We change the course of history by changing the course of our future generations. And we do that by consciously raising them, consciously birthing them, consciously conceiving them, feeding them good food, and taking back the responsibility of raising healthy, well-adjusted, robust people. Resilience. It's time to build resilience. So please go check out sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide, and you will be able to check out all of the amazing material in there. It's time for us to understand how our worldviews are formed, how our self-views are formed, and how to impact that and how that impacts the society on a whole. So check it out, sovereigncollective.org forward slash get the guide. And now on to the show. Hey everyone, Sasha here for another interview for the Sovereign Collective Podcast. And I'm here with Timothy Roy. Timothy Roy. Once again, you've seen him before when we're talking about private membership associations and living in the private. But today we're going to turn the topic to relationships because this man knows relationships and can help you get them right. And it's actually so, what you do. <laughs> and it's actually what he does. Right. Well, you do the other stuff too. But this well, is also this, this is this is my private. This is your total passion it's and love. So Tim has has a background in massage therapy. He created something called the deep issue massage method once upon a time, but now he's hands off and more into the coaching world. He is, uh, full disclosure, my life partner. And so this is going to be interesting, actually, because we're going to be talking about relationships, but he doesn't coach me in my relate in our relationship, right? He, he does his own work in the relationship. So I'm probably going to learn of things that 
I don't really know that you talk to your clients about because, <laughs> because you don't coach me. And even if I ask them something, if I say, honey, if I were a client of yours in this situation, what would you do? What would you tell me? And he's very hesitant to tell me anything. And even if I'm asking for coaching, he doesn't want to, uh, he doesn't want to coach me. So that's, that's pretty cool. But anyway, so he is a coach. He coaches with individuals, with couples, with families even. And these are my words. I think he really helps to resolve and release, help people release and resolve their pasts so that they can be the people they came here to be and to create the future that they want. I really believe that because so much of our shit is stuck in the things that we haven't resolved in the past. And that comes up in our parenting, that comes up in our personal relationships, that comes up in our just our self and world views. And if we would just release that stuff, fully feel it, fully release it and leave it behind, then what's possible will be amazing. So we get, we all need to do that, right? We're all, and we're all working on that all the time, right? And if something comes up for well, you, it's an everyone. opportunity. Well, not everyone, but we can be, and it doesn't matter how much we've resolved. We can use every opportunity, a trigger, there's lots of triggers for me these days, um, to look into that and see, well, why is that triggering me? And move on from there. So anyways, today we're going to be talking about relationships. We're going to be talking about how you can get your relationship right. And he coaches people, like I said, with themselves. So relationship with self, a very, very important, intimate, very important relationship, but then uh, also relationship with your significant other, right? Those are the two main areas I think that we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. So before we get into all of this, this man studies relationships. He is a student of relationships. He's a student of being a little bit better today than he was yesterday. And so honey, what, why relation, what jazzes you about relationships? Why are you so committed to understanding them? And like, he has all these different models and, and, come from around the whole idea of what a relationship is and he really thinks about this stuff so I do I do um <laughs> well that's a it's a big question because you know I guess my own my own story coming from my past is I come from a family that where my parents uh tolerated each other for a good part of my upbringing and then ended up getting divorced when I was I just turned 14, I guess, at the time. And I was the youngest of four. And it was, uh, it was, it, I don't know, it just it affected me. And in, in my family dynamic, our siblings, the siblings aren't very engaged. Like certain siblings are more engaged with others. Maybe that happens in most families and stuff. But then I, when I started my dating history right my extensive dating history uh i always it always seemed to like turn around like come around to the same thing the same result the same result and then i and and i was just couldn't get fulfilled in relationship and i didn't feel like i was also being fulfilling in relationship mm -hmm. and that was very frustrating and i ended up kind of spiraling down through it you know, a series of events without not going into too many gory details. So I ended up in this mega depression in 2005, which turned out to be the, the best thing ever. Isn't that the case with these things, yeah. right? Like, yeah. What would you have not discovered had you not gone down into that deep depression? Yeah. Right? I don't, I don't know what it is about, you know, 
the men and women of mankind, but it seems like very, very few people are always working towards how they can be better at whatever, right? Most of us only have the tendency to change and shift when the pain gets big enough, mm -hmm. when your relationship's on the rocks mm -hmm. and all these things. And yeah. I remember, I remember actually, it wasn't that long after you and I got together, which was in 2006, by the way. Um, I remember asking you, how many people do you know, do we know that we would actually say have a happy relationship? Do you remember that? Yeah. And, and I'll ask you guys, like, so what, what, how many, just if you do an inventory of the, of all the people, you know, how would you say, how many couples would you say were truly happy? Well, when we did this, it, we actually said it was, it was quite low. Like there was very, very low. it was very, very it was surprisingly low Yeah. where we actually felt that, that, you know, the couples of the people that we knew were in, you know, in great, and healthy truly standing. joyful and truly not just loved each other, but liked each other. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So in about 2007, I actually actually left massage for a little bit. If you remember, I worked for the guy, this millionaire guy who um, who hired me as an executive assistant. So anyways, I, I studied a whole bunch of trust law stuff and contract law and, <laughs> in this process. But for some reason, when I was studying trust law and how money is created and all these things, all of a sudden, I realized that there was a certain framework that seemed to fit for relationship. And all of a sudden, boom, like for me, when I was really honest with myself, there's been nothing more important than having relationship, healthy relationship. And sometimes the healthiest relationship is not being in a relationship with right. someone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I just got so curious about how relationship works and why do these relationships in business work and what is a trust unit between these? Anyways, I don't need to go into that framework, but I'll, the, to answer your question or speak to your question more is that. It was actually not just relationship. Like I had in 2005, I had yet another relationship go sideways where the woman I was with was hanging out with another man. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Hanging out. My victim story <laughs> is, is that she was cheating on me, but that's not, that's not the real story. That's not the real story. So, you know, when when I when I work with people about relationship, it's all about you know releasing the story and taking radical self responsibility. Because the more that I tie into that story, the more I actually defeat myself from having any power or any leverage and making any change. Right? right. So if I sit there and oh she cheated on me, like oh you know well who fucking or me victim yeah. victim yeah and and it's oh, and it's amazing it's amazing as I, as I begin to deep dive into what makes relationship work and how to get relationship right it um it's amazing how rare it is to see someone who's completely owning their relationship world but when it when you see someone and when you recognize somebody it is such a beautiful thing mm, yeah awesome and so i'm sure that this also was a big well, I know it was because I watched it, but a big journey into relationship with self. Yes. And evolving that. Totally. Okay. Well, ultimately, where if you really, really want authentic relationship with another, 
you can't help but get after the relationship with self. Right. Because if you don't get out of act after your relationship with self, what you'll uh, once you do, you'll find that you have all these self-deception uh, programmings that, mm. that that cause you to justify all of your positions. And it's those justifications that actually stand in between you and the happiness that you are looking for within a relationship. And I also feel if you don't have established that relationship with self, although you were on rocky ground when we first met and that was still, but, but I, I knew the commitment was there. I could totally see it. But I think when people have figured that relationship with self, they're looking for all the stuff outside of themselves that really needs to be found from within. Yes, absolutely. And if then they blame, if they don't get it, if they don't get it, their needs met through the other person. Yes. Yeah. So one of the principles I have, these are principles that I work with in my coaching stuff. And I just call them the principles. I know it's very creative. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it goes, expectations are the precursors to disappointment. So especially of others, expectations of others are the precursor to, to disappointment. Because yes, it's a, it's about outsourcing all of the things that you actually need to generate from the inside and then share those things and then the resonant match will find those things. So in 2005, when I spiraled down into the muck, into the dark night of the soul, not dark night of the soul, it was like the dark year of the soul. <laughs> it was not a fun time. But I had been on the I had been on the path for all the you know the spiritual yeah. you know, personal development path for uh, quite quite some years by then, and ultimately. I think this is why people don't want to do it because they don't want to face that the, the ugly. Yeah, no. And because yeah, it wasn't fun, but it was the it like without it, I I wouldn't be doing this, or I'd be doing this, and I would be fake. Like you know, you go to these relationship uh, counselors, coaches, therapists, whatever, and then maybe the, one of the first things you should ask them is like, how is your relationship situation? Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Because you know, there's all there's all these people who are you know, chronically can't be in relationship, but they're, they're called to help others. And, and, and maybe that's their study and stuff like this. But, you know, for me, it's like, I had to live it. I had to face it. And that's where I developed this whole, you know, commitment to willingness. Willingness. Telling you women, you find a willing man. It's like the number one, my number one trait. That's my number one I don't know when I see someone who is willing and I'm not saying a doormat. I'm not saying a person will just say yes to edit everything, but it's the willingness that willingness, because I've experienced unwillingness. I'm not going to say who, but well, what do you mean by willingness? Maybe. maybe okay. So willingness, willingness to do what it takes, willingness to listen to this mouth here and point to myself, for those of you who are just listening to say things that maybe he doesn't want to hear, but he'll listen to them or the willingness to get the job done or the willingness to say, honey, I, 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 I can't make dinner. Can you make dinner? The willingness to, it's more like I grew up in an environment where it's like, oh, this can't be done. Whereas he's all about, how can we get this done? How can we do this? Right? So it's, it's just the willingness to look and to see and to hear and to listen and it doesn't mean that I'm like, honey, I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. It goes both ways. We have to be, it has to go both ways. But it's it's the willingness to do what it takes. And 
it's so amazing because I see that and I experience that every day. And I'll just say, mom, if you're listening to this, I know um, <laughs> she was, my mom was over the other day and my husband so just did something normal, natural, like my everyday life. And my mom's like, oh, never in my life, maybe in another lifetime. <laughs> Sorry, dad. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we tend to, you know, often gravitate towards, you know, our fathers. Well, I didn't talk like the other way. Anyways, okay, enough of that. Enough of that revelation. So, <laughs> um, anyways, so yeah, so the willingness, and I think that's that's so people are, are just unwilling until until what somebody's leaving until they're like willing to do like like some of your clients that you're working with, right? Like they're they, they're seeing you as an individual person, even though it's the relationship that's in, in, in trouble. And maybe if they had been willing three years ago, it would be a totally different situation, but they get to that point where it's desperate. And then all of a sudden we were really, it's like, we, we do this with our sicknesses and our health, right? It's like uh, not willing to do anything until. So it's just that willingness. It's just such an amazing and beautiful trait. Anyways, not the willingness. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good one. So, okay, let's talk about, um, well, I don't know if this is a good place to start, but what do you think is one of the, the main reasons why relationships fail? Love this question. And you're actually just, this is a great segue from what you were just saying. Okay. Is, you know, for instance, and what I mean by that is, is you just said something about you know, people aren't willing often until the relationship is on the line. Yeah. Which is a great segue into the reason why relationships would might fail so in the in a case where a relationship starts getting rocky what might end up happening is i might let's say if it's my relationship i might try to appease the other person and give them what they think that they want at a compromise of self right so this this actually inadvertently leads to more of a codependent relationship that you end up if when you when you when you become willing to do something that you don't really want to do and can't see the benefit of and can't figure out how that what that would provide for you being without you being me in this case right mm -hmm. so if i can't find what the what benefit it would provide for me by doing that I'll, I might end up resenting doing it. So in short, what that yeah. means is I do something for you. Right. I live for you. Like the Jerry, Jerry Maguire moment. You complete me, right? Right. Which is a... You know, <laughs> like, right. I, that right there is a problem. It is. It is so... It's very romantic storyline. Right. But it does, is not great for a great, long-lasting, fulfilling relationship. Because you never want somebody to complete you. What you want someone to do is complement your world. Right. So... When, where it fails is when it, when each start doing something for the other and have a sense of compromise inside. So people often find it really surprising when I say compromise has no business being in a healthy relationship. And when I grokked on that whole concept many years ago, I remember asking you, I said, I, I just asked her, I said, hey, honey, do you ever feel like you compromise in our relationship? And the answer was no. No. 
And the answer was no for me too, because I know that everything that I'm willing to do doesn't just serve you, it serves the relationship. So when I was talking about where I came across when I was studying trusts and I, that's how I developed my relationship is everything framework model. For those who don't know trusts, you may have heard them from a law thing. You know, there's a thing called a settler is who initiates what a trust is. And a trust is how you transfer possession into something other than yourself. Um, so there's a trust, there's a trustee, and there's a beneficiary. A trust, a trustee? Sorry, a sorry, sorry, a settler of the okay. trust. Sorry, thank yeah. you. Uh, a trustee and a beneficiary. Right. And a, a very simple model of that is, uh, that I heard recently is, hey, I'll give you five bucks. Can you get to this? Can you, when you go to the store, can you pick me up, you know, some peanut butter? Right. Write it back to me. So I'd be settling the trust in this thing. I'd give you the, the $5. You accept it as the trustee. And I also get to be the beneficiary. You carry out the, the activity of the trust. Anyways, there's always three point. And, you know, as, as we're filming this, we have a camera that's on a tripod. And you'll notice that all cameras, all tripods have three legs. And the reason hence why, hence the try, right? <laughs> You'll never see uh, a camera on something with four legs, you know, unless it's you know, a studio thing with a complete flat floor or something like this. And the reason why is because when when you have three points, the, the, the principle of the three-pointed, the three-legged stool is that no matter what, what surface, no matter how uneven, uneven a surface is, those three legs will find stability mm. as long as it's not top heavy or whatever, right? Right. So it'll always find stability. So you could take a three-legged stool and you set it on pretty much any ground. And as long as you, you know the physics work that you don't topple over, you'll you'll have supportive. You'll have support. Where if you have a four-legged chair, for instance, anybody have a four-legged chair in their house or otherwise that rocks, right? Because mm -hmm. what it's doing is it's going from three to three to three to three, right? Right. So right. when I'm doing relationship stuff, it, it it would be me, you, and then the relationship is the third leg. It's a I, I treat it like an actual living entity, like a, an actual participant in this. And if people are having like you know really some kind of a lot of charge in their relationship, what I'll often do, and I'll say, well, feel what this feels like, and then just turn and face your relationship that's out here at an equidistant thing and see what happens to your feeling. And you guys can try this at home. Like imagine you're facing, if you're having, if you're struggling in a relationship, just try this on for yourself. Imagine yourself facing the individual that you're having a struggle in a relationship with, and you're gonna get a certain feeling. And then just imagine yourself turning 60 degrees. So you're in an triangle. isosceles triangle and, um, or an equilateral triangle. And when you face the relationship itself, see how you feel different. And, ch and chances are, if you try this on, what you're going to feel is your anxiety levels go down. and You feel like you're more in control. I can even just thinking of it, I just think of it. it I feel like it takes away some of that charge. Yeah. I could just see it because it's like, right. yeah, I could just see this. And then if you face over there, that right away. See, these are things I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what he talks about with people. Yeah. So I can, I can totally feel that. And then, and then if you pay attention to, to <clears throat> whether or not the, excuse me, <clears throat> if you pay attention to whether or not the relationship energy is growing or shrinking, will give you feedback on the context of how you're being in that relationship. 
Okay, so the question was, why is the main reason they fail? Right, so where I was getting at is if I do something for you and can't figure out what it provides oh, for right. me. Okay, right. Then, and the, so you'll build kind of resentment. Right. Okay. Right. And that's and that and that's what people, everybody comes in, whether they know it or not, whether you know it or not, everyone's in a relationship for what's in it for me. Mm. Okay. Okay. Because if you're not getting what you need, then right. the relationship will begin to fail. Fair. Yeah. So ultimately, where the real rubber meets the road with regard to that is going in and understanding what needs actually are how they're oh. met and what they provide for you and what they provide for the relationship because when you provide what the relationship needs this weird thing has a tendency to happen that your needs end up getting met as well and the other person's it's a very oh interesting so can you unpack the needs thing what yeah for sure i uh i'm a proponent of uh chloe madonna's model of which what she calls the six human needs and basically, well, there are six. They're not basically six. There are six, four which they call mandatory, like not mandatory, but every, every compulsory. Everybody needs the, the 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 four needs, and then there are two that they kind of refer to as, or she refers to as the two spiritual needs. And the four are everybody needs a degree of certainty and some cinnamon, cinnamons. <laughs> I need I've to done that, that I love since I was a kid. <laughs> Synonyms for, for for certainty might be stability, security, routine, like things that I can count on, right? Things things that I can you know latch onto and 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 lean on because I know that they that I can that they'll always be there, kind of thing. So whatever that whatever that means for each person, it's going to mean something different for each person. Okay. But just as everybody needs a certain degree of certainty, they also need a certain degree of uncertainty. So uncertainty in this in this is the area of novelty and adventure and spontaneity and fun and, and not knowing what's going to happen, right? Some so, people aren't very comfortable with a lot of that. Some people aren't very comfortable with a lot of it. And you'll notice that as I describe them, each individual will have a different hierarchy of what's important to them. Right. Okay. So when so in, that's uncertainty and then and the next uh human need is a need for significance it's, and everybody feel, needs a little bit of the i matter right you know just by by virtue of me being on this place this planet matters and um and you know and, and that can that can spill over into status or recognition and, and things like this you know things that seem to be externally driven but ultimately it tracks back to you know, that, you know, I'm important enough just to at least be here. Right. Right. Okay. And then the fourth human need is for love and connection, right? Everybody's looking for love and connection and how those things to, how those two things differ really is if you can't get the feeling of love in your relationship, you'll settle for connection, right? And sometimes just connection's enough. And we're talking about our primary relationship. Not necessarily or just pride. This actually, this actually is all just can be general. This this model can be utilized in any relationship, right? So the right. four areas relationships that we look at is relationship of self, relationship with another, like your primary partner, and then your relationship, like with your friends, family, acquaintances, all that kind of stuff, and then your relationship with uh, the society at large, right? So this will be 
your work relationships, your relationship with work, your relationship with, you know, just, just operating in the world, right? Yeah. So those, those are the four that every single man, woman, child on, on this earth uh, requires. And then there are these two optional ones, and one's called the need for growth. Oh, that should be a requirement. Like, that what? that should be for a requirement, but not not everybody's. Really? Not believe it or not, not everybody's into growth. They're not, but it doesn't mean that it's not a need. I I don't know. I find that that's essential for me. That's for you, essential. that's essential, right? Yes. So people, are, you know, like look at uh, look at Tara, for instance, back when we first met. <laughs> This is my friend. Right. Yes. <laughs> who, who is like, you know, when we were, we were having this conversation, her and I, about me just, I, I want to, you know, just, I got to find out what's going on inside me. I need to know everything. And I was in this bring it on phase. Like, You're just like, show me truth. That's what you said. Yeah. And <laughs> she's, she's like, hilarious. She's just like, oh my God, I don't want to do anymore. She, she couldn't even hear you say that. <laughs> the idea of knowing what's true would like just terrify her. But even you saying that was just like, how can you say, I don't even want to be around you. I remember saying something to the effect of, there's no way I would want to look in there or something like that. That's at least how I Okay, sorry, Taryn, if you're listening to this, you know, sorry, we love funny. And she and is Go ahead. She is this. This is my best friend since I was like 15 years old. So that's a few years now. And she is absolutely 100% not the same person at all. But it took being brought down to her knees, going through all these things that she probably would have, if she could see in the future 10 years ago, she might have just considered, you know, slitting her wrist because this was completely the opposite of what she thought she wanted and needed. And sorry, I didn't think we we're going to be talking about you if you're if you're listening to yeah, this. Yeah, sorry. Um, but through going through the depths of a lot of uncertainty, a lot of bringing up, you know, early childhood stuff, everything, relationship stuff, financial, everything. Kudos to Tara, strongest, most, like, I feel like crying now. No, I'm going to cry. No, awesome. <laughs> because had she been the person she was like 10 years ago, going through the, the modern world that we're in right now, there's, I don't even think I could be talking to her. But now she's like an example. She is one of the most committed people I know yeah. to her to her growth. 100%. So yes, the, 100%. people can shift and change. So that's a beautiful thing. So what, okay, did you, the, the the sixth and final one yes. is is what's referred to as contribution, and this is about you know people who are driven to be part of something that's bigger than just themselves. So it's it's kind of like significance, but it, it's it's it includes some kind of mission that's beyond just themselves okay and not everybody's you know in, into that too but there's also a shadow side of all these needs too that, that, right right yeah sure. yeah i can see that especially so those if are... unresolved stuff and you want recognition i can see that as a child like i think of you know your unmet needs as a child if they're still not met as an adult it's going to look way different and way more unpleasant i think coming from an adult a supposed adult if you still are working on getting that need met so, uh, uh, absolutely yeah. like it's like a it's like an abyss that never it can, it's like a, an appetite that never can never be satiated mm. so it needs it needs to be examined and, and one of the things about real you know getting relationship right is how i see it is you have to go into the self-examination of, of of your relationship to these things right so your relationship to your needs your relationship to how needs get met relationship to how needs operate in 
uh, relationships system. Because honestly, if you're getting if if someone's operating in a relationship system where you end up having your needs be met, where you feel like they're being met at an eight, nine, ten on in all of these categories, would you ever have any reason to leave this relationship? And the answer is, of course, well, no. You would like there would be no reason, like you'd be fulfilled in all the areas. And so it doesn't, it doesn't afford an opportunity for you to leak out into something else. Okay, so I have this thing that I call, I, I, well, I just refer to as leaking. And so men leak and women leak. And basically they leak in different directions. So men have a tendency if, they, if they're, if they're not, if they're not solid in understanding the, their sense of self and their boundaries and how, how to have needs matched and all this stuff, they'll leak out. So this is the idea of like the wandering eye or something like that. Like these are leaks or avoidance or escape or all these things. These are these are leaks that don't allow for, you know, the vessel of relationship, if you will, to to be in integrity. Okay. Right. So whereas as women, how I describe it is is they leak in, they, they let stuff in to their world, right? So. Um, you know, it's more of a masculine leaking you know, to have the wandering eye. And then it's more of a feminine leaking to um, accept the wandering to eye? accept the wandering eye to 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 uh, invite even unconsciously some kind of invitation. So, you know, so right, we're recording this right at the time where Stampede starts. <laughs> and, right. And this I, is maybe the reason why I think Calgary has the highest rate of i remember Dwayne Dwayne classic from the remarkable man he, yeah he had, he had a statistic that he would that he shared one time that there's there's some statistic that that the divorce rate after, after in the weeks after um it can't happen that fast though. well the submission for oh, okay. you know but i think it's the, the it something like, like he had the highest number of affairs or something something like that yeah. something like that yeah. Yeah. and that's all leaky so, that's all leak based so you know that so i was i was sitting here with a client who's uh it's a it's a man and you know he's having some stuff happening in his relationship and he had felt his masculinity being eroded over time and there was real opportunity for him to blame that in his relationship so when we started talking about it in the spirit of radical self-responsibility, I helped, I helped him understand this whole leaking thing. Like, where are you leaking in your world? Mm. And he was just like blown away. He, he just like the turn, the, the shift in this man, just by virtue of understanding that he leaks, revolutionized his willingness to, to, wow. to figure out what those leaks are so he can stop because... That's how he wants to roll in a relationship. He doesn't do things for, he's learning to not do things for his partner, but because that's how he wants to roll in relationship. Yes. And so that's what he brings to relationships. Yes. So anybody he ends up in a relationship with, whether they solve their issues or not, is going to get a man that has solved the problems of what leaking does and brings a a completely different level of integrity to this relationship. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. And that's the thing. You just, sometimes you just need 
that perspective from somebody who gets it and sees it and boom, it doesn't have to take long, right? That understanding and that knowing can be like almost instantaneous if you're willing, but you gotta be willing, people, you gotta be willing. Okay, so maybe you've already taught, talked about this, but where where does it relate? Maybe you've already addressed it all. Where does a successful relationship start? Willingness. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> um, willingness, but yeah, I would. I actually have developed something called the willingness index. It's just a little test that people can do. Yeah. And um, so they get a certain score out of a thousand and, and, it, and it demonstrates it, it's a bit of a tricky test, but uh, it, it allows somebody to investigate their level of willingness that they're currently at. Okay. Mm-hmm. So ultimately how to have a successful racial relationship is basically to look at, you know, like a, a, you know, an actual place that I could lead somebody to without you know, just on a, on a stuff like this is, you know, f- if you find out what the human needs are and find out how to operate at eight, nine, tens and have your relationship operate at eight, nine, tens and everybody getting their needs met, well, you're going to have it. You're going to have it solved. Right. And there's, you know, there's more to it. There's, you know, it, it, this relationship is a never ending study, quite frankly. Yeah. You know, so there's the needs, there's the willingness, there's the looking at the relationship with self. Because if you're not authentic with self, if you if you don't take that deep dive in self, then you're going to end up just in a match of whatever energy that you're resonating, right? With, which is the re- right. usually the energy of the codependent type relationships, right? So that's cool if that's if that's what you want and you want to hang out there, fine. But don't be surprised if it, you start leaking in real senses of right. unhappiness and being unfulfilled. That's the thing. Like this is such an opportunity. Like. You, you'll never know the work that you need to do until you are in relationship. If you're like sitting alone on the mountain, there's nothing to push against. It's easy, but you're in relationship opportunity when there starts getting yeah. friction. You're a parent whew, opportunity for, you know, where you're not free and where you need to work like this. Like, yeah. what are we here for people? If we're not here to, to figure this stuff out, what are we here for? To avoid, to suppress, to deny like, this is what I see so much going on around me. And like, for me these days too, I'm asking more than ever before I'm working on it and I'm going inside. I'm just like, what am I here for? What am I here for? Let's stop playing small. Let's be here to be who we came here to be. Right. And we have all this other stuff that got put upon us when we came into this world. Let's resolve it. Let's move on. Totally. The one thing that can be a real game changer for people which a lot of people won't want to look at because this is this this is toward this is how the universe works right it's just it's just a mirroring back of whatever energy you are running so fasten your seat belts this might be stingy for some people i'm going to say it you have the relationship right now that you deserve period is it also with, maybe the relationship on another level that you actually want? Yes. Or okay. at least, or at least that what and and want is is a it's true, but it's a misunderstood concept. Okay. Because the programming that you have is demonstrating what it is that you want, and that want is being met and reflected back to you. Right. 
So if you're in a relationship where you feel unfulfilled, well, whatever's going on inside of you right now is demanding that type of relationship. Right. Okay. And and a lot of people don't want to look at that stuff. They they think the relationship is what technique or or what you know what freaking you know magical dance can I do to make my relationship work without having to look at that stuff. So what do you say to people that say I just suck at relationships? What what would you say? What would you read that I suck totally. at relationships? I don't know how to do relationships. Relationships aren't for me. Is it true? Or what is really underneath that? Well, of course, pain is really underneath that. But what I would say to it is I, I would probably have a tendency, because I can be a bit cheeky at some at times, believe it or not. I would I would probably quote Henry Ford. And Henry Ford was famously quoted as saying something to the effect of, well, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. right. So if you suck a relationship, you are right. You, you suck a relationship. And who am I to take that away from you? Because the, the silent cry that happens underneath that is, please tell me that I don't suck a relationship. Right. Which doesn't come right. from a place that's going to serve you when it comes to relationship. Right. Or at least fulfilling relationship. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's just the opening, the opportunity. Yeah. Right. Because I, I believe that if we all resolve our stuff and are willing, we can definitely have a beautiful relationship. Right. But we have yeah. to be able to look past our own noses. For sure. And men are less likely to engage it than women for some reason. Although when women engage it, they have a tendency to. <laughs> overflower it if you will so it's 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 easy to point at men and say you know they're not emotionally available or something but then the the, the everything happens in a in a um a complementary pattern so just like men yes can and do avoid getting you know often getting engaged with their own emotional terrain, their own emotional intelligence. Women have a tendency to hang their hat on it and overemphasize the emotion stuff, mm. right? And don't look at the thing. So we, what we're looking for is what a, you know, an unemotional, uh, a man who's not emotionally available here and a, uh, a woman who's like overly available emotional here that's that's a complementary match and what we want to do is get them to where they right. match at an energetic that actually is in the healthy form because oh this is one thing i forgot to mention about the needs little secret out there everybody even if you don't know these needs, those six human needs or especially the four everybody without fail without exception on this planet will get their needs met okay you'll get them met either through a constructive form or possibly a destructive form or maybe a non-constructive form but you will get them met okay so this is this is this ends up you know leading into the lands of addictions people are addicted to 
you know, substances, they're addicted to stories, they're addicted to sex, they're addicted to poor me, they're addicted to anger, they're addicted to control, they're addicted to all these different things, mm. right? And those those programming pathways actually cause chemicals in our body that we end up craving right. subconsciously. So therefore, if all of a sudden things are going really well and you haven't resolved your anger things, well, you need to go find an angry moment. You'll create it in order to get that chemical hit, mm. which is really interesting. So if you're going to take anything, if take, you want to take something away from this, please, please, please understand or at least be open to the idea that you're going to get your needs met one way or the other. And it's up to you to look at what your consciousness level is to see if you're going to get it met in a constructive form or, or a destructive form because you will get it met one way or another. Interesting. Interesting. And he started talking about the man, the feminine and the masculine, the man, man and the woman. So these days we're trying to kind of erode the idea of masculine and feminine or really confuse the two or just generically just, you know, get rid of it. So, but the world doesn't work without a masculine and a feminine, right? Conception doesn't work. Plants don't work. Like we need the masculine and the feminine. We need a plug that is masculine and the wall receptacle that is feminine. We need in glassware and chemistry, we need the female end, we need the male end. The world works on masculine and feminine. So what are we not getting about the masculine and the feminine roles and how? what are some basics around how they operate? Because I think that's a, a problem in relationships is we're not understanding the other's need or the other's modus of operating, modus operandi, whatever that is, um, coming from whether they're the masculine or the feminine. And even then there's within ourselves, we will have masculine and feminine traits and some yes. are gonna be more on one end or the other. So how does that play on the role and how maybe could you maybe give a few tips on how what the feminine would need in a situation and what the masculine would need in a situation. Wow, that is a massive question. <laughs> it was long. It was, yeah. it was long and it's loaded. <laughs> and, and the answer to it will, will lie in the realm of often being politically incorrect. That's okay. This is what this is all about. We yeah. need to be politically incorrect. So politically, political correctness gags us. No gags here. I don't. I don't see how anyone with any common sense and logic could argue the fact that it's the male-female relationship, or the the woman-man, or the you know. Uh, that perpetuates species and perpetuates life. It doesn't matter if you're looking at a plant. It doesn't look like it matter if you're looking at an animal. Anything that reproduces needs that relationship to move forward. And so, you know, if I were, you know, a uh, you know a psychopathic mastermind who wanted to reduce the population of the world, I might be promoting some kind of propaganda that really affords us to get away from what masculine and feminine really is right and, and blur those lines and say there is nothing like that um because if that's the case the more the more 
people to get behind this idea, the more uh, the more of mankind can get behind that idea and forget that what men the, the importance of what man and woman is on this planet. Well, then you know the the, the population has no other choice than to go down. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm a I'm a proponent of like, yeah, I I would work with the same sex couple, for instance, provided they weren't propagandizing that idea, right? Is right. They, because sometimes, you know, you're just maybe wired differently or whatever. But even or, in a same sex couple, you're going to have one that tends to be more feminine and one that tends to be more masculine. Absolutely, right? absolutely, and. Answer, answering your question about what what the masculine and the feminine needs in a broad sense is, is difficult because okay, it, let's, it, it shifts from case by case. But basically, okay, let's go for like a simple, well, maybe a simple situation. Sure, you know, um, the feminine responds very well to um, the types of appreciation that allow for the a, a more of a sense of flow and radiance to happen right where the masculine is more of response to more things like uh that can be actionable and measurable that's what that's why one of the one of the one of the things that men respond well to is quite frankly sex right the uh and acts acts of respect Right, and acts of appreciation, where how someone with that's feminine dominant would um, wouldn't need necessarily that same type of experience of those things, right? So it's more of what creates a sense of flow and radiance and an openness in in the feminine. So without going on a case by case basis, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a it's kind of hard to wrap a mind my mind at least around it without you know asking you know focusing on a certain situation or something like that. So basically, it's that feminine and masculine receive needs and feel provided for in different ways. Okay. Right. So. If someone's in a masculine dominant, something that the, the feminine would do well to is find out how to have the, <laughs> the masculine dominant person come up with whatever they do, thinking that it was their idea, because the masculine dominant will own uh, yes. a decision that that they feel like they generated. Right. Whereas, you know, this um, you know masculine energy is more single focused, right? So more. Thing. and I like Alison Armstrong talks about from the masculine it says what's the point right or what's the problem so if if there's no problem to fix or that we can't get to a point the the masculine uh the masculine dominant individual is going to suffer I can't get to a point or a problem yeah. oh interesting okay so in in the and in the feminine it's about diffuse awareness this is why a feminine dominant woman can appear to multitask right and just you know they can hear the kids running over there while doing the cooking and knowing that the, the laundry is going to go off and, you know, and, you know, if, if someone like is kind of 
Oh, some, how dare you? Those are all women's right? roles. What are you talking right, about? Some stereotyping. I do a lot of that. Right. <laughs> it's got to be right. done. And you like cooking and you like doing, you know, this is this is how my own experience in my own world. So if you have a problem with it, the problem is yours. The offense. Right. The, this yes. is, and this is one yes. of the things about relationship that I think is not spoken to enough. Nobody can offend you without your permission. It's mm -hmm. not it's not it's not everyone else's responsibility for you not to feel offended. Of course. Yes. Right. And oh, my God, like we're trying to promote pass bills in in Parliament to say that you can't offend somebody like it's it's insanity it's insanity you know because this gets just just like you know the the dilution of what gender is right the uh the dilution of what emotional responsibility is because when you're emotionally responsible emotionally responsible you're not easily swayed and you're not you're not easily um compliant and things like this you have you ask questions and you have senses of of things and and you certainly won't be engaged in any kind of you know ongoing virtue signaling or something like that right you'll you'll, you'll find that someone who's very emotionally mature in their emotional intelligence is quite stable like they're yeah it doesn't like yeah it's, it's stable their views can change their things but but how they do, they don't ever try they to. They might push have some out. attention, intense emotions for a little while. They but might in the have center, <laughs> You know, I'm not talking from experience at all. Right. I think I'm emotional. But emotions are important. It's a, we never learned how to deal with emotions. Right. right. And then what we do is we take them out on other people, which is another big problem in relationships. So, you know, cultivating that emotional intelligence and learning how to separate feeling like when i say feeling i mean like the actual physical feeling right from the story that we've been right. tattooing to it we we, we there, i feel that the practice is to you need to learn how to separate those things you have those feelings have the feelings and feel them, let them fully feel them fully and then let them go learn learn how to do that and then you'll notice that what you think about and the meaning and significance that you give to these things will actually shift and change and morph Right. And then you'll end up feeling more free, which allows you to be more available and present in relationship because you're not always having your hot, your past basically demand where your future is. Going. Right. Yeah. Right. Leave it. And yeah. That's why I created my program, Unconscious Pregnancy and Parenting. I think I'm going to change it to how to not fuck up your kids because nobody really cares about conscious pregnancy and parenting and not messing up your kids. So it's like, how to not fuck up your kids? How about that? Because so much of what we were trying to resolve as adults happened in the womb, happened at the time of conception, happened in the birthing process, happened in those early formative years when we were growing up, you know, six, seven, up first six, seven years of life. Like those are really powerful times. And uh, well, that's another big part of our own self looking at ourselves is looking at how we're parenting our children and what our preconceived ideas are around absolutely that. yeah it was aristotle that first coined the phrase basically give me give me the child first or show me the child the first seven years and i'll show you the man you yeah know, it's it's those those formative years if they go forward unresolved and unconsciously they have a very specific trajectory right right but the good news is is that it's a quantum experience and if for those who are willing 
and willing to like as you can see over here on my board I have the WTF protocol written. Right. Oh right. right. So, willing to forgive, willing to feel, willing to face, and willing to fail. Right. So they, they go in the other direction though. That you know the first oh, part sorry. is being willing to fail, right? Okay. Like you need to you need to be willing to get it wrong until you get it right. Because people are dead. Right. Know, yes. It, another another thing that's a that is an actual pandemic in this world is like the fear of making a mistake, right? Or the fear of failure. I think you need to fail. Every, all every single success that you've ever had in your life was born out of failure. Right. You didn't even how you learn how to walk, like just know that when you learn how to walk, you didn't get up and walk. You failed at it several times before you were able to do it. Right. So when it comes to looking in the inside, you, you need to be willing to fail, which means, OK, I'm ready to get this wrong until I'm ready to get it right or until I get it right. And then you need to be willing to face the stuff that comes. OK. Mm -hmm. And then the stuff that comes. Right, because you're, you're going to have feelings that come up around that stuff, and you need to feel those. You need to feel them fully, and know how to do, and know how to not let those feelings overtake you. And that's what we work work on in my stuff. And it will be uncomfortable. And it will be uncomfortable, and and but it gets more comfortable. You get more comfortable. The better you get at it, yeah. the more or the less uncomfortable it gets, right? Because the final one, the willing to forgive, is to learn a different level of what forgiveness is. And just to actually do what the word says is to the first thing you do is to give it is to transfer the possession of. So you take those feelings and you give them over and you forgive them. whatever reason that this happened and showed up in your world instead of trying to forgive another or whatever, because that's all based in judgment. It has some slime attached to it. But this type of forgiveness allows for the whole thing to be resolved and be given back over to wherever it was originated in source. Awesome. Amazing. Okay. And I want to say one more thing about the aspect of the feminine need that I know you are very good at. And I see this in my friends' uh, relationships is you being that container for them to just bleh, without the, like the man wants to fix it. Yes. But the woman doesn't necessarily want you to fix it. Yes. She just wants you to hear it Yeah. and witness it without trying to give you a solution or feedback. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's another big problem in relationship is coming at relationship from um, trying to solve something from the way that you would like to receive that solution. Mm. Right. So like, for instance, I give, I always give, you know, gifts of wine, right? Not always. Because I wouldn't give a gift of wine to somebody who doesn't drink because there's nothing, there's no, but I, I'm a wine guy and I, and I like that. I, and lots of people like wine, so I, I can feel good about that. But if I give a gift of wine to someone who doesn't appreciate it, then what I'm really doing is giving a gift that I would like to receive. Right. Right. So about this, you know, just letting, letting the feminine barf into the bucket right? <laughs> and just keep barfing without trying to fix anything. Um, yeah, it's super, super important. And, and one of the one of the things that I think might be a value for people to, to know and get is that the feminine and the masculine recharge in completely different ways. Mm. It's why, you know, your masculine dominant man needs time to go to the cave. Right? Need because the masculine recharges 
in private. It goes to the cave. It does. It just needs that quiet time, that that introspective thinking time. And sometimes that can be with other other men as well. But most even if that happens, it's going to be that integration time that will recharge. And and that's what ends up happening. That's how the masculine, a masculine dominant individual, masculine dominant man will recharge given time to go to the cave. So if you never, so women, ladies, if you ever not, never give, if you don't give your masculine <laughs> dominant man time to go to the cave, you're going to end up with a depleted man. Mm. Right. And that's something you're really great at, by the way. Oh, you're, you're just, you know, when I need to go do something, I'm like, I, and you're just like, okay. Right. And you never take offense to it or you don't ever take it like, oh, stop paying attention to me or anything like that. Whereas women will, because they're emotionally driven, will often try to say, well, what's wrong? What's going on? What's happening? And all this stuff. Mm, and that is yeah. not the way to do it. <laughs> if, you want, if you want your man to show up to be a man, then I would rec highly recommend you think twice about being that. But on the other side, it, how women, uh, a feminine dominant woman in this case, right, or feminine dominant individual will need to empty in order to feel ready like it's more like it's ready for charge mm, right okay. it's like it's like a uh like the feminine works like a capacitor if you will it's like it gets filled 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 and then it needs to like it needs to empty it needs to empty so it can have room for more mm -hmm. okay right. go and just have a girl's night or have a girl's night just, just be careful what you talk about but but yeah, some way to empty. Right. Or even if they need to, like that example I was saying, where the woman needs to just, bah, without you trying to fix it. That's right. The man trying to fix it kind of thing. Yeah. So, so you'd come over and you're like, <laughs> right? And if you're a conscious masculine <laughs> individual, okay, just let it go, let it go, let it go. And then it's like, okay, how are you? Right? Be like, oh, it's good. <laughs> because, because honestly, you probably wouldn't even care if they heard what you said, as long as you felt like, like you probably wouldn't care if I heard what you said, as long as I was, you felt that I was being present with you while you did that. Mm. Would that be a fair thing to say? I think so. Right. I think so. You know, certain circumstances it's nice course, you want, to you know have you hear it I but that's but that's yeah. if you want feedback Some, i'm just talking about the emptying of things right right you know how's your day yeah right and so i don't know there's, there's lots of these neat little things you, they, that are available to learn about learning these little nuances about yeah. how fa feminine and masculine dominant individuals respond differently right. to things and then human design could come into that too oh, we're deciding. so yeah. that's going to be an interview that's coming up soon so, as well that i'm doing on human design because even each one of us in our own masculine and feminine and what we bring to the world based on our upbringing and everything else is that human design so we'll talk about that later but there's so many things but there's some really overarching basics that i think can revolutionize people's perceptions of themselves and their relationships regardless of whatever thing you're studying right okay so let's look at a relationship that has had a major breach of trust okay is it recoverable absolutely well i would say absolutely 
because I've had it happen with uh, with people, and it depends. What I what I can what I can say for sure is that remedy can be found. Okay. So, and what I mean by that is the dissolution of controversy can be occurred. Because like when I work when I work with somebody, like if I have a couple come in, what what people often don't uh, are a little surprised by is uh, I'll, I'll I'll flat out say like I don't give a shit if your relationship stays together or not. Like that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to help you find the truth of what you have. Yes. Right. So when we do all of these things, when we do all of the 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 ways that that relationship works, it will become self-evident as to whether or not the relationship is better off together or apart. Right. But even if it's apart, at least all the the, the charge will be gone. Right. And so the uh, the opportunity for a, an amiable separation is right there yeah right because we get into the what's right and let go of the who's right because discourse discord in in relationship can invariably be tracked to people stuck in who's right mm. right then they're not mm. serving the relationship they're not doing a what's right right which is different and then right. people will confuse a who's right with what's right they'll think they're doing what's right when it's actually a who's right right which takes some <laughs> massaging to understand so i lost my train of thought so back to the major beach oh, trust, wait, so. trust yeah so and then if if uh you, you do these things that help relationship you know go then you'll find out that maybe it'll bond like you know there's a there's a testimony on my website by our friends David and Catherine who had a breach of trust and they had um long story short five six years later or whatever like they were getting divorced like he was moving out it was yeah it was gone and but they decided that there was enough there to expose ex you know explore and they asked me to do it even though we're very close I'm like yeah I think I can sit in that space and do it and we did it and now there's they're better than the, like it's ever. it's be the best yeah. ever right yeah there's this they're great and uh completely revolutionized their relationship so that's that's an example of if if the truth of their relationship even though they've had all this static and turmoil is is bonding and, and it bonds where i've had others where the, it became evident that it was it's time to move on right and they had they believe it or not they, they ended up getting divorce stuff for under $6,000, which is unheard of. Unlike another client that we both know of mine who um, ended up in controversy in her thing and over $170,000 later and they were no closer. Still not resolved. Still not resolved. Yeah. Like it's just a, like who wins in that? Right. Right. So. And that's when you really get stuck in the who's right in the court system and these ugly divorce and who wins the child, the children suffer if there's children. Yeah. Right. The courts are laughing all the way. The bank, whoever's pocketing that money, the lawyers laughing all. The way. They don't want you to even resolve it. Why would they? This is like freaking payday over and over and over again. Like, why would they want yes. you to resolve it? And then, um, how about coming back to adults working out their issues privately together, right? Rather than having somebody else dictate it for you. Yes. <laughs> 
another big topic (laughs) (laughs) could spin off into yet another rabbit hole but it's all about taking radical personal responsibility radical self-responsibility you know to find out that you're upset in this is you're not upset for a reason you think which is another one of the principles right you know that uh borrowed from uh, a course of miracles and things but people aren't upset for the reasons they think right they're they're upset for an unresolved because of an unresolved relationship with their programming and so you you explore you get into that how to resolve your own programming and you watch what happens in your relationships so why do you think people are so resistant to go there to go into their own stuff because of the fear of the unknown mm. so what translation of that is because something's going to change if you do that good and i would rather i would <laughs> rather well most people would go i would rather stick with what i know and i got because i can at least deal with that than delve into this unknown space right it's like give things from the devil that you know rather than the devil that you don't know that's right so like i you know i can speak from the a man's perspective of you know if big fellas if you're out there listening it's if if you've been hesitant about looking inside because you think this vulnerability is some kind of weakness you have no idea of the freedom that's available to you by getting to the other side of those things it is it is exquisite it's and and it and just so many so many just stupid shit piles of stuff just fall away like, like it's it's literally like you walk out and you're like so what's the shit pile of stuff that you fell away like what give a couple examples for you if you can think of something. oh my god I'll put you on the spot yeah things. so uh one, one of the one of the big ones is um well, one of the one of the beliefs that I was running that I didn't know that I was running is that other people are better off without me, which sparked this feeling is like I am not enough. Mm. And you know, when you're imagine imagine trying to you know let's put it into practical terms. Imagine being a massage therapist, which I was, and and when I was acting as a massage therapist and performing massage therapy, I, I all, all, and I started to have this latent belief started emerging that other people are better off without me well then you can't even get into like i ended up feeling like i was touching people and poisoning them like it was like this you know messed Mm. up stuff because these unresolved things will come to the surface that's how the universe helps you it'll give you some time to (laughs) to like you know get enough stability about who you are in the life but then it'll eventually percolate up right it'll be like a seed that's been planted many many years ago in the past and then at some point it's going to break through the surface of your own consciousness mm. just like the bean stock goes boop, right? mm-hmm. swear to god one day there was nothing next day there's like two leaves sticking out oh, it's like, that's what just happened that's what happened exactly right. it's like in the matter of a day so yeah. so all of those things all of those everything that you've done in the past will is a seed that's been planted and will eventually emerge in your life and that's both you know constructive and non-constructive um but the non just because you're planting more constructive things doesn't mean that the non-constructive stuff doesn't keep growing because it'll eventually have to be looked at or you'll end up probably on your deathbed with a lot of regrets right like that's the like that's what i think of like (laughs) at the end of it all 
what are you going to remember? What are you going to regret? And like, what are we here for if to not work through our stuff? Isn't this what we're here for? Like, is well, I it? think so. So my mom died in 2012. And <clears throat> I had been sharing all of my personal development stuff and everything since I really, when I really turned on the gas of my own study, it was probably in about the year 2000. I was just, I, I moved from kind of being a dabbler to I want to know more. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then, and then when there was, when then by doing that, it ended up breaking me open in 2005. And then I decided to really turn on the gas. And so a lot of this stuff, my, you know, uh, my mom and I were very close and I was also sharing a lot of the stuff that I had learned and she was always asking about it and, and, but she, she just couldn't bring herself to implement it. Mm. So long story short, I won't go into all the details about this. It, it is a story I do like to tell, but um, uh, by the time mom passed, there were no regrets in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so when she passed and we had an open casket thing, I had written on a little piece of paper it just, that just said no regrets. And when I went to go give pay my respects to, the, to the boy, there? I put it in her hand. You didn't. I didn't, I didn't even know that. I don't think I know that. Oh my god! Yeah, I stuffed the. I was right there. I stuffed. I stuffed a note in your hand that said "No regrets." Wow. That was that. Yeah, and it was warm and fuzzy. Like when my mom passed, I didn't. I didn't. I, didn't, I felt nothing but this. Wow. Beautiful love. Yeah. I and it was a very unexpected moments. death too. Yeah, so that was. Wow. Of course, you had your moments, but. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Okay, well, so you're you just are about to start something called getting relationship right. So yeah, tell I, us about that. Sure, I'm looking for some peeps to do a uh, do a little pilot project with, and uh, it's gonna be like six eight weeks, and it's gonna be totally on the cheap. And um, what I get out of the deal because everybody's in it, what, what's in it for me is what I get out of it is I get to work with a live group of people um, to extract some content that I want to put into a course that can help more people, right? So I'm going to offer this to like, you know, there's going to be one group would only be like 12 people or something like that. So if you if anyone is interested out there that might want to, you know, explore this, uh, you can go to gettingrelationshipright.com and get in touch with me. We can have a chat and I can tell you about it. Um, but I'm really excited about that because, you know, it, I love I love doing my one-on-one coaching and stuff, but if uh, I, something that I'm noticing in the world is we really need to, we don't really need to anything. There are going to be enough people out there who want to get relationship right and, and, and sort their own relationship world out. That if I can help serve that, like, you know, this is this is the future of of mankind that we're that we're looking at, and if we can't um, if we can't find peace in relationships where we can propagate life then you know what's the point so well and look at what has happened to relationships in like two and a half years so fast how quickly that the family relation not only has the family unit been under attack for a long time the whole idea of this family unit but then what each of us as men and women have allowed 
for our perceptions, how that's allowed to come between our relationship, whether it be our primary relationships, our family relationships, everything. Like it's something that needs to be repaired yeah. and understood. Well, I also like maybe at a at a more zoomed out level, I believe there's something that I that's happening that I call the great sorting. Right. Whatever whatever's happening in the world right now, there's there's a great sorting that's happening. And you know, it's it's going to it's going to challenge people's relationship with what self-responsibility looks like. Some people think that self-responsibility looks like following every order that they've ever been told and never ask a question. And there's gonna be others that think self-responsibility is like, you know what, maybe I've been outsourcing my responsibilities for long enough and maybe I want to take uh some more control and authority over the things that I do, including my health, my relationships, how I operate um, in commerce, all of these things. And, you know, those are the things I'm really interested in is the latter, not so much the former. And but, but, sorry. so, so former. The, the former, the ones who just want to say yes to, Oh, whatever, I see. I whatever see, see. So the people do. that, yeah. Okay, because right. those types of people, something I've noticed is I talked about this in an interview that I did just last week was something that I've observed that I um, that I think was notice or notable is that people who really excel at getting relationship right and getting you know getting to authentic fulfilling relationship aren't the type of people that aren't that are sitting there watching the news and and you know running to their doctor or whatever like they're at least asking questions you know about what they can do and they're trying to take more and more self-responsibility in their life and it was just a neat observation to know that because you know if if you're somebody who's just always looking to the news to see what the truth is the chances of you actually looking inside and finding what true yeah. what is true for you is probably pretty remote yeah right so you know big invitation there. mainstream news your regular doctors right looking like, to you know, your pharmacist there's a time for there's a time to go to a doctor and, and, and yeah whatever you know but like it, it it it's 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 it not it ought not to be the first thing you do right so like you know you ought not go to straight to the lawyers before you try to resolve right remedy in your relationship right you know it's like right it's like have you exhausted all possibilities including a deep dive inside to why you might be having mirrored back to what you demand out of relationship because remember what i said earlier you have the relationship you deserve no matter what right and cool that that's across the board with everything cool. it's just how it's just how the system works it's like mathematical precision <laughs> which which is great should be great news to the to the right ears because if that responsibility was outside of you you wouldn't have you wouldn't be able to do anything about it right exactly and that's the whole thing like if it's if you're a victim and you're blaming and it's everybody else's fault then you're completely powerless you can't change your situation you might as well just give up now you might as well. Well, what the hell's the point of that? Right. Right? It's like you got the genes of your parents and look what happened to them. It's like, no, you know what? You're not a victim of your genes. You're not a victim of your circumstance. You're not a victim of the people around you. So cool. Okay. So so you can find Tim at timothyroy.com as well. T-Y-M-O-T-H-Y-R-O-Y.com. Tim, he's Tim with a Y. So timothyroy.com, you can find out a little bit more about him. He does do, you know, all kinds of coaching, but he's also starting his gettingrelationshipright.com. I'm going to see enough people to launch that. He's going to do that first. So that's going to be a really great way to establish and be a part of somebody who just 
wants to help you get relationship right and loves it and studies it and gets jazzed by you getting jazzed by it, right? Like oh when you come home and you've had a day of clients and just, you're just, you just get, I love it. And so, and they get lit up and, you, and everybody wins, right? So there's the the personal route. There's becoming part of that group. We're just waiting for the right amount of people. Um, yeah, just amazing. And so anything else you want to talk about relationships in a, in a nutshell? One tip. Let's let's give our listeners and watchers one tip in relationship before we go. Okay, um, let's see. A tip, uh, a tip for that everybody can benefit from in relationship is to connect before you communicate. So what that means is instead of just coming in and say, hey, blah, 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 you know, because people will often say, well, you know, I told her this or I told him that and stuff, but it didn't even like it didn't even go in because what they forgot to do was to connect. And one of the things that we're really not doing, especially in this time of digital age, is like it's just everything's so available, so many devices to uh you know be scrolling through and how easy it is to jump on the computer or look on your phone or see what's happening on the tv and all this stuff that that connection element doesn't uh, uh isn't valued as highly as maybe it ought to be so if you want to explore if you want to deepen into a relationship try getting connection okay. mm -hmm. i just wanted to talk to you about you know what we're doing this weekend right but wait for that connection moment, mm -hmm. right? And know and learn how your partner likes to be connected with. Mm, okay. That's, and that's key, right? Not coming from it, from your perspective and what you want, but seeing it from them too. Because it's hard because you need certain things, but you also need to recognize their things. So you can't come from it from your, but yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool. Wow. Okay, honey, that was great. Thanks. I think, uh, it's an important, like everything's relationships, relationships with our children, relationships with ourselves, relationship with our friends, our significant others, our, the people around us, our coworkers, like it's just, right? If you can't get that right, then it's going to be difficult. So yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. That was Thank great. You. Yeah, was Hope you guys love that. If you have, you know, any questions, you know, be feel free to Connect with Tim, timothyroy.com, gettingrelationshiprate.com. Um, if you want to share this, I would love you to. So share with your friends and family. I know there's a lot of people struggling out there with the relationships right now. So the willing people will, are looking for solutions. And this is what this is all about. It's providing solutions for people that are willing, willing to look and to see, look within and, you know, how they can change what their circumstances are. So thanks for tuning in, share it. And I look forward to the next interview what is that going to be well that might be on yoni steaming that's going to be an interesting one <laughs> okay guys thank you for joining us today have a great day ciao